Welcome to the Third Down Conversion Podcast right here on Anchor FM. Today's show, I will be joined by Brianna Ditz of D210.TV as we discuss a little Dak Prescott, his contract. Were you at all surprised with the sudden retirement of Travis Frederick? Plus, we talk about Amari Cooper, and does this defense excite you with the new additions? All right, welcome to a Thursday edition of the Third Down Conversion Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Yes, it is a play on my name. Joining me now is Brianna Dix from D210.TV. Did I get that right, Brianna? Yes, you did. And so you cover the Cowboys. You're at, you were, well, before this whole thing started, you were at the star <laughs> pretty much every day. Now we're kind of, you know, both of us going crazy as extroverts being stuck in isolation. <laughs> um, yes. So what is, uh, before Most we really definitely. dive in, before we dive into it, what, what are you doing these days kind of stuck at the house? What are, what are you able to do? Most days, it's just kind of writing from home and, you know, taking notes on some things. And, I mean, during the off season, normally, it's a lot more downtime than during the season, you know, where you're constantly at the star or you're at the stadium or you're on location. So the off season is normally kind of a lot more downtime. But now with the whole coronavirus, it's, Oh, yeah, it's basically just like, you know, quarantined in a corner, you're writing stuff, drinking like X amount of cups of coffee, but it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, drinking a lot of coffee, that's something I know a little bit about, something I do. (laughs) It's so, yeah, it's it's a tough deal, but we're going to get into this here. I, you know, I had Dalton Miller on the other day and we talked a little bit about Travis Frederick. What were some of your thoughts whenever you heard that? He was retiring from the game of football. What were your initial thoughts and kind of what are your thoughts now that we've been able to kind of process it for a couple of days? Right. Well, my initial thoughts, I was completely surprised. I mean, when you look at what this guy worked his way back from, you know, I mean, was sidelined with the embracing game in 2018. I mean, he went from losing feeling in his limbs, not being able to carry his daughter up the stairs, to then starting all 16 games in 2019 and making the Pro Bowl. And then, I mean, yeah, he was retiring. But at the end of the day, and kind of as I processed it, I think obviously, you know, he made the right call. You know, football's just a game. And obviously his health is the most important thing. And I think kind of during the diagnosis and everything in 2018, he kind of came to grips you know, with the idea of retiring and kind of made peace with that. And I'm sure he had a lot of talks about about his family, you know, with his wife, with his kids. But, you know, he wanted to at least try to be able to come back and play again, you know, see if he could get to at what level. But obviously he didn't play to what his standards were. And, you know, in his statement that he made, you know, he said, I could no longer perform at my highest level, you know, playing well isn't what I expected myself, and it's not what my teammates deserve. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, it is what it is, but obviously he will be a big hole for the Cowboys to have to fill. I mean, that guy was the centerpiece of their offensive line for several years, but at least at least the team now has, you know, they re-signed Joe Looney, 
who obviously replaced Fletcher in the lineup in 2018. And they also have, you know, Connor McGovern, who started every game at center in 2017 for Penn State. So, I mean, they're covered with those guys. But I was just, yeah, I was, I was kind of a little surprised by kind of the way it went down on Twitter and then just kind of the announcement itself. Yeah, I think Connor McGovern probably gets first shot, um, you know, and something that, you know, Dave Hellman brought up where during after the selection of Connor Williams, Jerry Jones talked about how he can play any spot on the offensive line. Um, you know, so possibly having the two Connors play inside, whether it's Williams at guard and McGovern at center or vice versa, I think you can really right. – I think that's where they have to go. I don't know if you agree with me here, but I don't think that center should be a spot that they really look to fill in the draft, at least early on, just for the simple fact that they have options in-house. They have depth at the offensive line. No, at this point, you're not going to be able to match the level of production out of Travis Frederick. But you could also say that when Travis Frederick was drafted – in the first round in the 2013 draft, a lot of people are scratching their heads back then going, I don't know about this guy. Right. And so no, I, I think, I think the same thing. Yeah. I mean, so I think it's, it's really, to me, it's probably McGovern's job to lose. Um, But, you know, like you said, it is what it is. You know, they just have to go forward. You know, I applaud Travis for, uh, going out on his terms, you know, not going out when he's being forced out, you know, whether they're decline in play. But the fact that he said that he wasn't playing up to his standards, you know, I applaud, I applaud him, you know, to know when you're not – when you were the best at something and you're no longer at that level, I can understand exactly. why you want to step step back, take a step back, reevaluate. Um you know, he's got a lot going for him off the field. One of the smartest guys out there. So, you know, it's not a surprise. Uh, how about a, how about this for a surprise? Were you surprised that Amari Cooper got a five-year deal before Dak Prescott got his deal? Um, yes. <laughs> Most definitely, hands down. I, I was surprised. I mean, I think that it was kind of the direction that everybody saw it going because, I mean, everybody had talked about Dak being tagged. That was kind of just the thing that was going around and what the chatter was at the time. But I still was surprised. I mean, Dak, Dak is your quarterback. Amari, he wasn't productive on the road, obviously. There were only two of the eight road games that he had over 50 receiving yards. I mean, in – you know, I was told that from a source that last season, throughout the year, several times the coaching staff had discussed, you know, him quitting on routes, him kind of sulking off to the sideline, you know, just kind of some attitude things. And so given, you know, kind of all of that, and then you've got Dak that to me, I mean, just improved leaps and bounds last year, you know, in Kellen Moore's system. I mean, not only when you look at his, like, the stats perspective, I mean, he had career highs and passing yards and touchdowns, but just what he was able to do, you know, I mean, getting the ball off quicker, the way he was doing defense, I just, I mean, I was stunned, honestly, that he got a deal first. I think they should have definitely paid Dak and made him a priority before 
Yeah, I think the the deal with Dak right now, and um, if you re, if you don't read Patrick Walker's stuff, he's somebody who you should definitely read his stuff. You know, he's talked about the hangup has always been the number of years. Dak wants a lower number of years. Cowboys want a higher number of years. Obviously, to lock him up, Dak's trying to maximize his potential as far as how much he can make. Um, right. You know, with with the ever growing salary cap, he doesn't want to be on a seven year deal. At 35 million, when the you know annual average salary of a quarterback is 40 plus, you know when he feels exactly. he, when he feels that he's one of the best. So I don't necessarily knock that at all. But to go kind of circle back to your point about Amari Cooper and you know slacking off routes and and kind of you know moping on the sideline. I, see, I don't know about all that because from my understanding and people that I've spoken with, you know there were a lot of injury concerns as far as Amari playing hurt. And, you know, it seemed like he was hurting pretty much all year from training camp all the way through the end of the season. The fact that he was still able to put together a thousand yard season. Yes. The road splits are concerning, but that's been something that's been going on his entire career. Um, I'm hoping with the new staff in place that might help alleviate some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you talk about the way that Dak Prescott has grown and progressed as a passer. And, and that's the thing, the thing that I love most, I think, about Dak is uh, when he first came up as the Cowboys quarterback, I looked at Dak Prescott as a thrower, not a passer, in that he was a see-it-open, throw-it-open guy. He didn't okay. throw it to you unless you were open. And now we're seeing more of the understanding of, you know, anticipation where he's Mm -hmm. throwing the ball to a spot knowing your guy's going to get there. Exactly. Or or seeing what the coverage is. And I think that's where Amari really helps him out because Amari understands – he understands the concepts and what they're trying to do on defense and he can adjust his route. And being that he's one of the better route runners in in the league, he, oh, he helped out definitely. a ton. <laughs> and then you talk about Michael Gallup, the way that he's progressed, and you're hoping that you're going to get a lot more out of the tight end position with Blake Jarwin now as the guy. You know, I mean, we know Jason Witten's gone. You know, Blake Jarwin got a lot of opportunity the year that, that Witten was away from football, but um, at the same time, I don't feel like he was quite ready for it. It, as okay. far as as his mental makeup, his preparation, everything. Now having a year, another year in the in the system, I think it's going to be a bigger year for Blake Jarwin, bigger year for Dak Prescott. Um, you know, and so I know we talked about this a little bit before we recorded, but what were some of the questions you were hearing as far as Dak Prescott from you know from what you were told? So, yeah, I was told that throughout the season on multiple occasions, they, the coaching staff was asked, is he okay? And that, to me, was surprising, obviously, when you look at how he was improving in his growth. And I, I do not understand the reservations with Dak Prescott. I don't understand. And I, I mean, obviously that doesn't show a lot of confidence that people were 
kind of constantly asking that question and having to ask that question because to me that question should never have even have had to have come up. But the fact that somebody was even asking that, you know, I mean, that doesn't really, but I mean, when I look at it, I think exactly like you said, I mean, he's improved so much in every way. And, you know, even like Jason Garrett used to talk about it a lot that, you know, coming out of Mississippi State, he was like, Dak is such a fast, he's such a fast learner. He's like, you know, you tell him to do something. And, you know, obviously he came out, he played shotgun at Mississippi State and then had to come to under center playing in the NFL and playing for the Cowboys. And, I mean, Jason Garrett was like, he picked it up like it was no problem. You know, we'd go out there and he was like, he would make a bad step or he would do something. I'd be like, Dak, what are you doing? And he was like, he would immediately, I'd watch him do it again and it would get like, a little less wrong, a little less wrong, a little less wrong. And he immediately just continued getting better and better and better and improves it. Obviously, I mean, you ask anybody on that team, I mean, they raise hand up, that's why they fight for that press ball. They love him. And they all talk about, you know, to media, they always say, oh, he's our top priority. Like, he's, you know, our franchise guy. And even, you know, when he came in and he's like, you know, he's the guy to win a championship for us. But yet, you know, it hasn't gotten done, and hopefully, obviously, it'll get done, you know, and that it's just kind of a matter of time and just kind of the waiting game at this point. But, yeah, I found that, I found that very interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the media sometimes has their own narratives, and so they'll ask the <laughs> very same. Very true. They'll ask the same question repeatedly. I mean, I know there's a group of fans even, you know, they, for whatever reason, they can't let go of the fact that, Tony Romo lost his job to injury. And then when he's ready to come back, you know, Dak has a team of 12 and one, you know, so they're not going to just turn around and hand the range right back because of the way things were going. I know the old adage is you can't lose your job to injury, but don't bro don't break what isn't broken. And exactly. so it, it, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, some of it is that, and some people, for whatever reason, just don't believe that Dak has what it takes. And so when you look at how he did in his final season, you can say, oh, well, he did it in a, a contract year. Okay, great. Slap him with the franchise tag. Make him prove it again. Now, I think the thing is that you don't want a Kirk Cousins situation where – You've slapped him with the franchise tag. He goes out, does what he does. You come back the next season, can't work out a deal, so you slap him with the tag again. And then when you can't work out a deal after that, he's gone. Exactly. And then the Cowboys are sitting there looking at each other and going, okay, what do we do now? Because, yeah, exactly. You don't ever want to get to that point. <laughs> yeah, because if, if you look at the Washington team right now, there's a whole lot of they don't know what's going on because they got – they have a young guy in Dwayne Haskins who everybody thinks everybody thought highly of him coming out of the draft. He hadn't really performed very well, but you know, it's a rookie quarterback. They're not all going to come in and win 12 games their first year, but it seemed like they waited too long to go to him. And then there was the benching and bringing him back and, and they still, they're even talking about possibly taking a quarterback this year and to attack a Viloa. So it's like, I, I just don't want to see the Cowboys get into that situation. You have Dak Prescott, you have him tagged, just get the deal done, you know, give him four years, 
five years, three years, whatever it is to get the deal done and then look at it down the road uh, with the, like I said, with the growing salary cap, paying him a higher salary down the road isn't going to be something that's going to kill this team. You know, but they really honestly need to get to a point where they have Dak Prescott in-house locked up and then they can start focused on some other things. Exactly. Well, I think I'm confident they'll get it done. I mean, this is where he wants to be. This is his childhood favorite team, you know, and it was kind of a similar deal with Amari. Like, he said over and over, like, this is where I want to be. You know, I've made relationships. I love it here. I love the quarterback. I love my relationship with Dak. You know, and he turned down more money elsewhere because he wanted he wanted to be here and loved the camaraderie that he's built with guys here. So, you know, and I feel like it'll be so – they'll, they'll get it done in time. It's just – uh, it's like it's like this coronavirus. I'm just I'm sick of waiting. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, you know it's funny though. You bring up the um, the Amari contract deal because I saw something from the I guess it was someone in media there in the D.C. area, and they said that you know basically they tried to swing it so the narrative was that the Redskins drove up the price on Amari, and I'm like he got five years at 100 million at 20 million a year. That's market value. You didn't drive the price up. Because if you look at, I believe it was Julio Jones last got a deal, he got $20 million per. So that's where Amari's at. So he didn't right. really drive up the price. He got paid what he was likely going to get paid anyway. Exactly. Now, if he would have signed that five-year $120 million, yeah, he'd been getting more. But the fact is, he didn't. And so I don't blame him either because – I'm not sure that I would want to sign with Washington with what they got going on. They got a lot of work to do there. You know, at least Amari here in Dallas, he knows where his expectations level are. He has the comfort level. You know, he's had probably the last year and a half or probably the best year and a half runs he's had since he was a rookie with Derek Carr. And they had that great first year and then kind of went down and back up and down and back up. And he's been pretty solid. I mean, he's got back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. He's done very well. I mean, he did very oh, yeah. well. Um, and then you you got Michael Gallup on the other side who who can take some pressure off of him. You know, if they can just get the get everybody going, I think they're going to do just fine. And, and, and hopefully we'll get some more – answers as far as what they're going to do with the slot receiver position. Yeah, um, exactly. They they looked at bringing Randall Cobb back, but when I think when they saw the money that um, he signed for, they were way out on that. I think essentially it was an upwards of 9 to $10 million a season. Right. Over three years. And so – they're going to be out on that. And I know Cowboy fans are upset. <laughs> you know, they wanted, you know, they wanted, um, they wanted Snacks Harrison and Snacks was like, well, the Cowboys didn't even contact me. And, <laughs> right. And it's like, it's like, well, and I know they're getting upset and I understand their frustration, but Dontari Poe is not exactly a slouch. Oh my it's, gosh. I am pumped for that guy. I mean, the, I'm pumped for him and McCoy. Like I'm, oh, the interior of this defensive line, though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know the the only thing I look at is that Carolina was so bad against the run 
with both of those guys in there. So, you know, that was a little bit of a, you know, kind of have to take a step back. But I also think there were so many things going wrong in Carolina last year. Right. That it's hard. Like, it's it's like this. You you have a garden, right? You have it in four court, in four quadrants, right? Right. In the top left, you said, I'm going to allow weeds to to be in that top left quadrant, but nowhere else. If you allow that to go on without treatment, how long do you think it's going to take before it starts affecting everything else? It's going to happen. Right. It's the same (laughs) thing with a football team. If you have problems on offense, whether it's your quarterback play, play calling, whatever it is, if you have problems there, how long before it starts affecting everything else? Right. And so it's kind of like the and I and I bring that up because that's kind of like how the Dallas Cowboys were last year. Their defense was so bad and their at times their special teams oh. was horrendous. Oh my gosh. And so the Dallas offense was good enough to be they were one of the top I think top five offenses in the league. Yeah. And they were eight and eight. Why? Well, because your offense can only overcome so much. So much, exactly. And so now you look at the defensive side of the ball. Um, I liked Malik Collins, but I look at Gerald McCoy as an upgrade because I'm getting more of a pass rush from Gerald McCoy. Yeah, Gerald, you're getting more of a dynamic player. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I would, he's, I he's, not, he's not the same player that he was coming out of Oklahoma, no doubt about that. But I still think that he gives you – at age 32, enough to be more impactful than Malik Collins. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, the guy has at least five sacks every season since 2012. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, like, a staggering stat for an interior lineman. Like, that's crazy. And, and I that's... think, yeah, I think he's going to bring some insane penetration against the run on the top. But I'm, I'm, I'm very pumped to see this guy play. Yeah, and, and so you, you're adding him, and I think the only thing that we're waiting on right now is to figure out what they're going to do at defensive end. Uh, there's the yes. idea of yeah, Randy like Gregory. Or it could be in the draft. Um, you know, I think they, they're hopeful. And you know, the, the one thing that I hear a lot of people say is, that, you know, talking about the salary cap and getting rid of Tyrone Crawford. I think getting rid of Tyrone Crawford would be a bad idea. Okay. Just for he is a high character guy and he provides you a little bit of pass rush out on that edge that the Cowboys don't have right now. With Robert right. Quinn no, gone. I, I completely agree. With Robert Quinn gone, you don't have a pass rusher on that side. Dorrance Armstrong is a good situational pass rusher. He is a good rotational piece. He's not a guy that I want on the outside with his hand in the dirt very much. Um, right. you know. And there's some other things that they could do with pass rush, maybe rush Jalen off the edge a little bit, but they need a guy on the outside. And that's why, you know, it's a little bit tough when you look at the draft class and I don't know how much you pay attention to that, but when you look at the draft class, it's not necessarily deep at pass rusher. There's some guys who can do some things. Yes. But Mm -hmm. as far as it's chase young and everybody else, that's kind of how it is. 
I mean, it's they're they're not on that level. And a guy that was a top ten lock a couple months ago went to the combine, and now people are struggling to see how he's going to be drafted in the first with the first sixty picks, uh, just because he doesn't have the athleticism. I mean, he's more technically sound, but as far as what they need on that outside, they need speed, and that's what Randy Gregory provides. Yeah. And you could get Kalevon Chase on out of LSU. That would be a good spot for him. You know, he kind of reminds me of a Daniil Hunter. Um, and people will point to his production, but if you watch him down the stretch during that national title run, he puts on some pretty good tape. So he's a guy that I really like there. But, you know, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Third Down Conversion. Make sure that you follow Brianna on Twitter at Dix, D-I-X. Brianna? Thanks for jumping on the show. Thanks for having me, Patrick.